Okay, welcome to another edition of Secondhand Sports. I'm Matthew Vincent, along with my other co-host, Zach Schwarzenberg. Hello. Zach, it's been two weeks in a row. We're coming back. back We're back, baby. Yeah. Hell yeah. So jumping, great intro there, Matt. Um, Jumping right into it since... We've been gone. Um, last episode, we went over the the new coaches that Brian Kelly has brought onto his staff, and he finally filled the last gap um, as far as coaches go. Wide receiver coach Cortez Hankton. Cortez Hankton um, coming over. Do you have a little bit of information about that, Matt? I do. So LSU has hired. We'll be bringing in Louisiana native Cortez Hankton from the University of Georgia as their passing game coordinator. National and, champion. Uh, national champion, Cortez yeah. Hankton. Yeah. Um this was this was kinda I mean, this was not a surprise to me. I think we all kind of knew this was gonna happen at, at some point, but I think what, you know, with Georgia being just kinda like with the new defensive coordinator, Matt House you know, Georgia was still in the Georgia was playing for a national championship. So let you know, let Cortez Hankton coach that game, and then after that game, he'll come over to um, he'll come back home. He actually um, so when LSU uh, tweeted it out that he was coming, he quote tweeted it and just wrote home, which is pretty you know, which kind of gives you the idea that. He um so if if you don't know anything about Cortez Hankton he's actually he's from New Orleans he's the third uh, member on the staff fourth member on the staff that's from Louisiana or has Louisiana connections um you know he played football at Texas Southern in Houston so he obviously now has some Texas and Houston um, relations in that market yeah uh played I think I think he played like nine years in the NFL and the and played in the IFL. So, Dang. you know, the, the the thing about him, he, he's a receivers coach. And I, I was listening to uh, Matt Moscona uh, today on his podcast, and he was talking about Cortez Hankton. Um, you know, he was talking about Mickey Joseph. And Mickey Joseph was the receiver coach back, you know, before him from New Orleans. But he had to learn that position. He had to learn how to coach receivers because he's coached quarterbacks, he's coached running backs at other schools, but he was at a big school and, you know, he had Jerry Sullivan, who has coached at LSU in the past, who was on that staff with Mickey Joseph in 2018. So I guess he kind of taught Mickey how to, do, you know, right. You know, Jer- he and, learned and, under him. <laughs> yeah, and Jer- yeah, Jerry Sullivan came in before Joe Brady did. Sullivan was out, and then gotcha. Joe Brady came in. Sullivan, arguably, I think, is one of the best receivers coaches of all time. I don't really know anything about him, but um. <laughs> But yeah, so but but Cortez Hankton, he's been he's an SEC guy. He's coached at Vanderbilt, and then he moved from Vanderbilt to Georgia. Again, passing game coordinator, uh, wide receiver coach. Um, you know, he, he put together, you know, and he also being the passing game coordinator, he's put together, you know, passing concepts and stuff. So, you know, he's a coordinator. I'm not saying he knows how to call plays, but he knows how to draw plays up. You know he can read defenses and everything, so I mean it's it's a great it's a definitely a great addition, and um great great addition to LSU staff. Yeah, that's awesome, and that um kind of like I said fills that final gap 
for uh, the coaches, and we should be gearing up for the spring game coming up soon. Now that all the coaches are there and we're finally, like, you know, working on stability now with this new era of LSU football. So, speaking of new oh, wait, era. I got, wait, I got one more. I was actually, okay. What were you going to talk about? I was going to go over to the transfers. Oh, okay. Well, I just want to finish on the coaching staff. Uh, yeah. So, overall, this coaching staff, I mean, this staff has – very, very high ceiling. They have a ton of potential. It's not just a staff that, you know, it's a staff that Brian Kelly has handpicked himself. You know, it's not, you know, he could have said he could just brought guys from Notre Dame or, you know, just hired people in his past. But he hired, you know, four coaches to have that live, you know, in you know, three coaches that were from Louisiana, Cortez Hankton, Frank Wilson, and, um, and uh, uh, Brad Davis, and then you hire Joe Sloan to coach Louisiana Tech for nine years. So overall, like that's that's a very very strong staff. I mean, that, that, that those are just the offensive guys. I mean, like right, he, you got you got yeah. You, I mean, you got you know Mike Denbrock, you know being a longtime offensive coordinator, Frank Wilson, you know being a head coach, head coach having a head coach. You know, he knows how to, you know, put together a game plan. Cortez Hankton can put together passing concepts. Coach receiver is really good. And Brad Davis, who has just excelled, you know, he's an up-and-coming young offensive line coach who's, you know, Brian Kelly, that's what he's known for. He's known for, you know, they've had, like, so many uh, yeah, that, offensive linemen drafted yeah. in his tenures in, in the past. Right. And for him to go with a young guy like Brad Davis, it's a good fit. Like, I'm not – and the thing is, like, you know, it's a, it's like, it's a, you know, they can all, like, I don't know, hang on, I'm, I'm kind of going crazy. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a, um, it's just a good fit because you got, you know, Joe Sloan is probably the most exciting, exciting one because he was a play caller. He was an interim coach after, you know, Skip Holtz got fired at Tech and then he left to come to, and then he left to come to LSU. So you could be thinking, you know, Mike Denbrock's kind of up there in age. What if they're mentoring Joe Sloan to take his spot? Because Joe Sloan, you know, he he wants the next step up, but instead of being an offensive coordinator at a group of five school or something like that, he took a quarterback coaching job in the Power Five in the SEC. So Joe Sloan, I mean, I, I think it's good for him to kind of sit back and just work with that position. Yeah, and you know, he, you know, just to just to, and you know, he'll get noticed by somebody or, you know, best solution LSU promotes him, you know, to be OC. Yeah. Now, like now, Mike Denbrock, and I know there's a lot of negative. There are some negative things with Mike Denbrock, just because he was at Cincinnati. But like we said, you know, we were talking about last week. Cincinnati played Alabama. He wasn't expected to do that much, but Cincinnati's overall. I mean, his overall um, work there, and plus his connections with Brian Kelly are very, very strong. Yeah. And um, you know, but, but just combined with. You know this offense. I think and this offense coaching staff, like I said, just has a lot of potential, and yeah. uh, they can do a lot of things. Yeah. And then the defensive staff. Just, just looking at the offense, we've gotten two guys that were just in the college football playoff. Like that's not you know that's pretty yeah. incredible. Not many coaching staffs have two guys from that kind of you know. Ilk. Well, it's a winning. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a winning staff. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a winning staff. 100%. I mean, and, and like, if you look at, like, if you, even if you look on the defense, like, like, you know, Matt House, he's won, he has a Super Bowl ring. He's been a play caller in the SEC, but, you know, you know, he, it's not a random hire. He's been in the SEC before Kentucky, but he's, you know, with the Chiefs right now in the NFL, he's been offered the job at Tennessee and Auburn, but he chose to, you know, go to, he chose to stay in Kansas City, and then LSU offered him, and he decided to come. Now, he's not going to come until, you know, once the Chiefs, you know, win the Super Bowl or once they lose in the playoffs, but, it's right. definitely a very, very strong um, coaching staff, and like I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this staff can do. Um, you know, for the, the next for this year. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for you know spring. I'm ready to see these guys coach. I'm ready to see, you know, them one on one with all the players we have. I think. I mean, it, it's a winning staff and it's a new attitude. It's a, it's oh, yeah. a brand new attitude, um, and a brand new way of thinking. Yeah, you know, because you got you got a lot of smart guys. On Brian Kelly's coaching staff, and not not like not only just on the coaching staff, but even on the off field staff, they they hired um they hired uh, Terry Malone, who was a longtime Michigan offensive line coach who coached the Saints actually, um and he was the offensive coordinator of Bowling Green, but then he let but he left there to take the analyst job with LSU, which you know that's a that's a really good fit right there, yeah. Um, it's just crazy thinking about last year when Coach O was trying to get, or I guess it was two years ago after the 2019 season, which Co- when Coach O was trying to like assemble his staff, and I don't think there was like a single guy that was near any of these guys. You know, like you look at this whole coaching staff, and I don't think Coach O recruited a single coach that was of the any of these caliber maybe a couple you know but um it's just incredible how fast and, and credit to coach o incredible recruiter for players but um where brian kelly might not be um as up to snuff as in the recruiting department and he's just gotten a ton of coaches from very good teams that are going to be able to recruit with him so yeah well, and, and another thing about Coach O, like he even Coach O even admitted it like last year that when they were talking about like he didn't he never they were like asking him and like he admitted to the press that he didn't even hire any of the he didn't he never even interviewed any of the coaches yeah. he didn't interview Bo Pelini he didn't interview Matt Canada yeah he just he never interviewed them he just said you want to come you know his his PR director Dave Pernansky yeah. is the one who who interviewed everybody yeah. for him but, yeah. and then you know Coach O you know, had to interview people now and he kind of screwed it up last year, which we, you know, yep. The rest and is I, history after that. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing is no, I don't think I mentioned, but you know, what's good. Well, I shouldn't, uh, I'm not gonna mention that. Okay. We just go, we just move on. <laughs> you want to move to the defensive? Uh, you had something to say about the defensive side as well. Yeah. Just in um, general. Yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, I'm not sure what defense we're going to have next year. I'm not sure what kind of scheme. I know that, you know, I'm not sure who's, you know, I'm not really sure what we're going to be doing defensively, whether we're going to stick with a 4-3 or a 3-4 or, you know, most defense, college football defenses do now with a 4-2-5 look or a, you know, 3-3-5 look. But, um, you know, I, I just hope that LSU kind of gets that respect back on defense. 
Yeah. I don't think they're going to be a blitzing, you know, tough defense again. But I think that they – I just – you know, you look at what Georgia did this year defensively. That's defense where, wins you know, championships, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that, that's where – that's what I hope LSU can just get back to. That's where I hope they can get back to. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they, they were, they've always kind of been – they've always been great on defense. And in 2019, even though the defense kind of struggled a little bit, you know, at the end, they, they were playing elite. And, like, one play that symbolizes that is in the playoff when um, I think when Oklahoma did that, like, that toss back pass and then Kerry Vincent Jr. had that interception, just read it so well. Yeah. And that's, that's the kind of defense I want back. Right. But, uh, DBU. You know, we'll to, yeah, DBU for sure. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think uh, <clears throat> kind of to go back briefly to the offense – Brian Kelly is known for a strong offensive line, and that's where we've struggled recently. And really, if you think about, like, and I've been saying it all year, like, Max Johnson had no time to throw the ball, and it all started with the offensive line. If the offensive line doesn't, doesn't give you time, the quarterback gets scared and he, he misses his passes and we have no run game. So, um, yeah, strengthening the offensive line will help quite a bit so and it looks like yeah with the these and, offensive and, and, coaches we'll be in good shape for sure i mean the offensive line like last year or last season got better it did like they, i remember they, they they started off very slow and you know remember the press conference where ed ingram you know admitted that you know they were they were still kind of they're still learning some concepts they're still trying to figure out and like, by the end of the year they were one of the they best like, lines in the SEC. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And our defense kind of was, too. At the beginning of the season, um, we were putting up spectacular numbers. We were playing teams like McNeese, but um, still, you know, we improved quite a bit last year. It's just that talent level. It's going to be exciting yeah. seeing real coaches like this coach for this talent level, you know, so – well, yeah, and especially like you know, like you, you got to think about like like Mike Denbrock and like you know all these coaches like <clears throat> maybe besides like Frank Wilson and like Cortez Hankton because they've coached in the SEC, but all these coaches they're coming to LSU and they're like, wow, like yeah, they're checking out like they if you look at the coaches at Notre Dame like like you know Kelly and Denbrock Kelly and Denbrock and Polian the special teams coach you know those guys they had to fly all over the country to get recruits. They can just now drive over to Catholic High, yeah. or to Archbishop Rummel, or right. to St. Louis, yeah. or to um, yeah, you know, LA like Charles. like Edna Carr, LCCP, and, or, or yeah, LCCP. They, they they can just drive down the road, yeah, just drive down the road and go recruit these kids. Now, now Brian Polian, like, you know, like he, I think he's handling most of the like the national the national recruits, like you know, from and then like the transfers and everything. I think that's where he's kinda of handling it. Right. But um really it's just it's just a great it's a great coaching stat that I think has um just all the potential in the world to be a monster in the when in the SEC. A lot yeah. a lot of independent thinkers that, you know, can come together with ideas and, you know, make some build something special. Yeah. And Absolutely. to keep in mind, um my Denbrock is actually he's not he's also the tight ends coach too. And usually it's like we we've never seen like a guy a coach that is a coordinator that is yeah. 
not only the court offensive coordinator, he's not coaching quarterbacks, he's coaching the tight ends. Yeah. And 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 that LSU tight end room, it's very slim right now. It's very slim. And I was listening to a, a podcast, I think a couple of days ago, and they they're it was about a. I heard that Brussel and Brian Kelly's twelve years in Notre Dame, he has had eight tight ends drafted. God dang. That that's like like some schools. That's like the whole entire like career of a school. Like for a school to have eight tight ends drafted, he had eight tight ends drafted in 12 years yeah so and that room right now is you know it's we don't know what that room is have we ever had a tight end drafted i don't even know thaddeus got signed to a practice squad he didn't get drafted and that was like the best team we've had ever so foster morrow oh yeah okay yeah foster morrow that is true well you know maybe maybe uh is charlie he's a tight end isn't he yeah charlie's a tight end yeah Maybe he's got a we shot. Definitely, we need to get him back on the podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> get get his take on a uh, Brian Kelly, the new know, regime. Talk to him, right? Two years, exactly. so two years since our last interview. So, uh, yeah, what's the new regime like? What's Brian Kelly like? Yeah, Charlie, Charlie, if you're listening, we we want you back on the show. Yeah, it, it, they might have they might be locking it down for stuff like that. Like he might not even be able to come on to that. That's what I'm kind of thinking too, because yeah. like. Either when, with the new coaching hires and everything, you know, last year when like Durante and uh, Andre Carter and like uh, like 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 Jay Pete's DJ Mangus when they were all hired, the minute they were hired, the day like the next day, Ed Ogeron calls a press conference, like a Zoom press conference, and these guys are talking for like just like an hour asking questions. It's like, and then with Brian Kelly, it's like you make all these hires, and they're huge hires, but Brian Kelly's just like. We don't yeah. need a press conference. We, yeah. we, we don't need to do a press. Just you know, just just hire them. Getting back to business. Like they, no one need, no one needs to know what these guys are thinking. No one needs to have an idea. They don't have to tell anything to anybody. Right. Just let them come in and they're assistant coaches. Yeah. You know they can do radio. They can do radio interviews and stuff. But like you know, and that's what I kind of noticed about Brian Kelly. He's he's not talking because it's like every time he goes to every time he like. Does puts up there's a mic in front of his face. He says something, or people pers- like if you like people just like say, "Oh, he's, you know, oh, he's stupid and stuff." Like he's like like family and like I don't know, man. Yeah, I think that that that's that's just pissing me off, and I'm he, being a little biased. He has roots in politics, like that's what he was doing before sports, and I think. That shows in his press conferences for sure. He's it's super diplomatic on in answers and um, even his first press conference. Like the way he talked, like I thought he might retain some of the coaches, and now they're all gone. <laughs> so it's like that you know he's he's very diplomatic and he doesn't want to show his hand, which is good. I mean, Coach O was the complete opposite. So um, I think it's a well, it'll Co- be a nice change. Well, Coach O was very open to anything, and that's why maybe maybe that was bad for him because you know he whatever was on his mind he said what was on his mind. Yeah. And sometimes it was controversial. Sometimes it was just you know it probably wasn't the best thing to say. <laughs> right. But that was just Coach O. He's he's going to say whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Because it's you know that's just who that's just who he is. But Brian Kelly, you know, it's we we barely like heard anything from him. We we hear you know a couple of interviews, but. He's not. There's not like a camera on him twenty four seven, 
or like a like a hype video being like produced and stuff like yeah just just coaching you're right he, he's not he's not he's not a rock star he's not like a rock star he's not like you know the 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 man like he just he just wants to coach football right and that's like what that's what as fans that's what you know i want now like right. i mean i i, I like well, the like difference, it's, it's, it's like Coach O Coach o grew up his whole life as a kid, just like we are, wanting to be the head coach. Like, he definitely enjoyed being the, having the title, the head coach of the LSU Tigers. Like, he enjoyed it, and he acted like yeah. a rock star sometimes, going and hanging out with women in New Orleans and stuff like that. So, it's like, this is Take a complete... Women in bed. Right, exactly. This is a complete and total opposite approach to being the head coach of LSU where like Brian Kelly, this is another great school. It it has less of the like, um, I don't know. It's, it's just different than than Coach O. (laughs) And it's like when he arrived, it's like, I think like there was like a drunk fan when he arrived on the plane and was walking off the tarmac to the van like the fan was saying, Coach, you're like, Coach Kelly, come over here. Come over. He, he was drunk. He was like, come over here. Come on, LSU. It's like he doesn't have to do that. No. He doesn't no. have to do any of this stuff. I mean, and that's the difference between him and Co- like him and Ogeron. Ogeron was very approachable. And, I mean, Brian Kelly, look, I'm, I'm not saying Brian Kelly is approachable. Well, but like, it's like Ogeron was almost just another guy. <laughs> like, yeah, like incredible he's a recruiter, wanna... but just another guy from uh, – from, uh, can't remember what Lafouche Parish. South Lafouche, yeah. South, South Lafouche. Lafouche. Just, yeah. just just another guy you want to have a drink just drink a beer with. Right. But Brian Kelly, you know, he's he's not drinking beer. He's not he's not I mean, he's not here to enjoy the party. He's here to be a football coach and to coach LSU football. Right. Win, win championships. He's not being paid to just be so, a you know, coach. Just, just just be a coach and you know, kind of hang around LSU. Just kind of like, right? Do what you want. You know, he's here to he's here to coach. Yep. He knows it's a business. Yep. Yes, indeed. All righty. Moving on to the transfers. Um, you want to go over? I mean, we don't have to do all of them if you don't want to, Matt. Or maybe we can just go over them briefly but the ones that stick out to you um any notable names there well there's a couple of guys um you know t- so so today um today on Tuesday um uh, Missouri defensive lineman Makai Wingo um you know it's probably one of the highest rated uh, de- de- defensive linemen in the you know in the portal has signed with LSU. We kind of all expected it was going to happen. So that is a huge get uh, for LSU on the defensive line. A guy who's played in the SEC. Yeah, his size went, is kind he, of. He went from a three star in high school to a four star as a transfer. So that says anything. That's that's huge. I mean, and like the thing with that defensive line is like. What you can now do with those guys, you can start a rotation. Because, like, like, you know, I think the problem is, you, like, defense line had a lot of depth last year. But if you just add Wingo, you just add to the rotation. You got like, you know, Joseph Evans. You got, um, you know, 
Mason now Mason Smith that played defensive end, but you got those guys coming back. You got um you got uh You've got a friend in me. A lot of guys, a lot of good defensive players. Yeah, a lot a lot of good defensive players. So uh-huh. I mean that that's for that defensive line, that's <laughs> that's really, really strong getting Makai Wingo. Yeah. The next guy is uh Traymond Shorts. Uh, six four, three twenty six, interior hmm. offensive line. Actually, very tall. From, uh, from East Tennessee State, and the 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 best thing about this guy is, dude, he's twenty three years old. He's Dang. been the Saints. He's been playing college. He's been he he committed to East Tennessee State. He signed East Tennessee State in twenty seventeen. <laughs> same same year, Miles Brennan signing. So. It, this guy, this is what you're you're getting a veteran leader. Yeah. So you're getting a you know, because of his size, you're getting someone who can start anywhere in your interior offensive line. He could play center, could, could play guard, or he could play tackle. Yeah. Or you could say, okay, well, look, you know, so Charles Turner right now is slated to be the starting center. I don't think he should be. I think he's a little too small in size. But if he gets better, you know, that maybe getting the shorts could push, you know. Charles Turner more, or you know, Tremont takes over in that spot to start. So I mean, that, that's that's definitely a huge get uh, for LSU, uh, and and um, on the offensive line for Brad Davis. Um, the next guy is uh, Jay Bramblett. Jay Bramblett. So Jay Bramblett was Notre Dame's starting punter last year. Mm. So somebody so. I think he's the first. He's the first player from Notre Dame to trans to come to LSU uh, to play for you know Brian Kelly. So you know, yeah. losing Avery Atkins, this losing Avery Atkins. You know, the only punter in the room is a uh, Peyton Todd from a uh, from West Monroe. He's got a killer mullet, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, Big shoes know, to six- fill for sure. Zach von Rosenberg. Uh, shout GVR. out Zach. Yeah, got a great first name. Yeah, yeah, Z, yeah, ZVR. Um, you know, we need we need him on the show. Yeah, May. Still waiting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but Jay, Jay Bramblett, <laughs> a big addition to that special teams room, and you know you got a great special teams coach in Brian Polian, who forgot to mention earlier. He's also Brian Polian was the head coach in Nevada from 2013 to 2016 before he got fired. So he's in this for a long haul, and yeah. that's what I kind of want to go back. Like most of these coaches that are here. LSU, they're in this for the long haul. The Louisiana guys like Cortez Hankton and Frank Frank Wilson, like you know, Frank Wilson left McNeese to come to LSU. Right. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think they might see it as an opportunity, just like every other coach yeah, to but, it's a stepping it might be a stepping stone for them, you know? Yeah, but but you also gotta think like Frank Wilson like he wants to be in Louisiana. Cortez Hankton Yeah. Cortez Hankton could have stayed with Georgia, got promoted, you know, to maybe co-offensive coordinator. But I mean, LSU, you know, he took just the wide receiver coaching job because he wants to be back in the state of Louisiana. Um, a couple, there's another coach. So I mean, but but anyway, uh, you know, but we're talking, we're going back on the punter. Yeah, good, going back to for LSU. <laughs> yeah, the next pickup for LSU is a uh, Greg is cornerback Greg Brooks Jr. He was a four-star in high school, and as a transfer, he's still a four-star. So, didn't lose any stars, didn't gain any stars. Uh, played for West Jefferson High School. 
in Harvey, Louisiana. Uh, played for the Razorbacks. Committed to the Razorbacks in 2019. Um, I don't got any stats on him other than that he's from Louisiana. Um, he had, you know, he, I'm looking up some of his stacks. He, you know, he, uh, I can't find any good stats. Though. That's all right. He played in the SEC. He was a cornerback. But, yeah, at, at yeah. Corner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, SEC corner. So, um, four star might help with DBU. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing that that cornerback room is that defensive back room is just, it's it's empty, yeah. You know, we, you know, with Elias Fricks going to Alabama, and then now Dwight McLaughlin, yeah, gets traded to Arkansas, which that that <laughs> that one that one that one really surprised me. Now, you know, if you know McLaughlin didn't play in the bowl game, he didn't play in the bowl game. I think he was out because nobody of played in the bowl game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but yeah. yeah, but just saying, he didn't play in the bowl game. He was out for grades. Um. You know, and I think that Brian Kelly, I think him coming in, he, 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 not only does he want, I think that some of these guys that are transferred, like, they're not just transferring because they, you know, they, they want to go somewhere else. I think that something happened to where they just said, I want to, like, you know, supposedly I think I've, I've heard that, that Trey Palmer, who transferred, just, we just transferred in Nebraska, uh, was like late for a meeting, I guess. He was like he was late for a meeting under Brian Kelly and Brian Kelly I think said like we're not having it this way and he just you know immediately transferred so that like oh yeah he, like I said like Brian Kelly's building a new culture and some of these players yeah. and then some of these players are leaving they have the right to leave they yeah have the right yeah. to leave they can still play because if it's like it's like every time a player leaves he gets replaced like the next day yeah instead of like well, we're trying to okay what do we yeah so I mean that that's that's what I love of Brian Kelly's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, that works out. And the new corner, Greg Brooks Jr., I think he'll be a great corner. Yeah, and and, and to go off of that, too, it's like I, I think when you're being recruited and then sign on to a school and then the coaches that recruited you leave, I think that plays a big part of it, too, along with Brian Kelly probably – putting the hammer down you know there, there's probably some uh similarities like Belichick and Saban a no-nonsense type of uh team and the culture was absolutely horrific last year and the year before so I think that a lot of the guys that were there for that um just don't want to be there for the transition and if they didn't go to LSU to go to LSU and went for the coaches and now the coaches are all gone, then they might not see a point in staying. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's definitely uh, something, you know, like that's kind of going on in the portal now. Like, you know, I think a while back when Brian Kelly left, I think I didn't think anybody from Notre Dame would come. And now, you know, everyone's kind of seeing how Brian, what he's building. So a lot of players are starting to look and say, well, you know, let's, let's go to LSU. Let's, let's check LSU out. And yeah. Oh, coach Kelly's a good coach and stuff. Oh Yeah. But now moving on down the list, we got West Weeks, uh, played linebacker at Virginia. East Days. What? East Days. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't know what you were saying, but West Weeks, yeah, uh-huh. West Weeks, East Days, uh-huh. North Months. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> South Years. 
South Eaters, yeah. West. So, uh, what a, yeah, what a that, name, West. Ham West. Anyway. So West, <laughs> yeah. So West Weeks. Um, he's actually from Georgia. Played at uh, Okinawa County. He actually there. He I think he actually returned punts in uh, in kickoffs as a linebacker. He played linebacker, like quarterback, running back. So he he has experience on the field. Um, I think he played he, he played really really good for Virginia last year, and uh, you know just just wants just wants a different opportunity. That and that's the thing with with West Weeks coming with West Weeks coming, plus uh, Micah Baskerfield's coming back in that linebacker room. Just like I said for the defensive line, that linebacker room now has a rotation to where you could start like you know um, you know Micah Baskerfield, and <laughs> I'm doing it again. And um, other guys. What's funny yeah, about what's what's funny about West Weeks's uh, profile here? On I'm looking at 24/7 the like the the LSU 24/7 version, um, and it, his position is just ATH, which I can only assume is like athlete. So I guess his position is just freaking athlete. I don't know. I guess yeah, he that's, plays that's multiple. Athlete. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he he's his primary position is his primary position is linebacker. Okay, but, um, there you go. Yeah, but I mean, like he, he played other positions in high school. All right, going down, uh, LSU snags Mackay Williams Garner from ULL, nice or Louisiana, but it's ULL. Right, <laughs> didn't have it wasn't ranked at all. Um, now he's a three star. He, 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 yeah, he now he's a three star. He's from Texas. Now uh, Mackay Garner Williams. Uh, he went to the JUCO level, Williams Garden. in Texas, and then uh, got recruited by Louisiana Lafayette. I watched him play this year. A very, very experienced, you know, very good safety. Um, just, just a, another addition to that safety room. Uh, and like I said, you know, the, the safeties right now are very, very slim. So, just to add another defensive back, it's a pretty good move for LSU. Yeah. The next guy. Uh, is Miles Frazier. This one was actually announced a while back. But Miles Frazier was actually a parade All-American last year for FIU. So, you know, playing in the SEC, he's 6'5", 305. He's an offensive tackle. Definitely a big addition for the Tigers on the offensive line. Literally. Who can make an impact right away. I think the offensive line right now, it's you know, I think it's projected as uh, uh, Will Campbell will be the starting left tackle. And um, uh, Garrett Dellinger will be the starting right tackle. The interior offensive lines can be very interesting. The guards. Oh my god, man! I'm just, I have not like That's I'm okay. not prepared, dude. It's the off season. But, you don't have to be prepared yet. Yeah, yeah. We're not experts. We're just interested. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So now we go down to um, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. yeah. So now I go to another uh, addition, safety Joe Fusha, or Joe Fusha, from New Orleans, who went to Arkansas. So another Arkansas uh, defensive back. So I'm guessing we had to trade uh, McLuthern, or I guess we had to get in order to get Fusha and uh, uh, Greg, uh, the other guy from Arkansas, <laughs> Greg we Brooks Jr. To, Greg Brooks Jr. We had to trade Dwight McLuthern. So um, yeah. you know. Another 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 safety. 
So, I mean, just like that defensive back room, it's getting a lot stronger right now. Um, move. And, and one thing about that, too, is uh, that Arkansas head coach is a good, great recruiter, too. Um, I yeah. firmly believe that you don't have Sam Pittman at Arkansas unless you have Coach O six, being successful at LSU. I think those two were like uh, kind of like dominoes that fell because he's a great recruiter, not super proven coaching X's and O's wise, but great recruiter. And I think getting his players is, uh, will be helpful. So, Well, Sam Pittman knows how to hire coaches. Yeah, unlike Ed Ogeron. that's true. That's true. He's got he's got he's a, got a good team. Browse. Yeah, you know Browles is his offensive coordinator. He's got Barry Odom, who was the former coach at Missouri, as his defensive coordinator. So as long as that stays intact, they're gonna be pretty good. Yeah. The next guy LSU got is uh, Noah Kane, a uh, running back. So you lose you lose Ty Davis Price. You already got Marty. You already got Marty Goodwin on the uh, run as a running back. You got Corey Kiner, and you potentially could get Trevante Citizen out of Lake Charles College Prep. And now you add Noah Kane, who is, you know, from, I think, I thought he was from Louisiana, but I think he's actually from Texas. But he moved from his high school in Texas or Louisiana to IMG Academy. So he's, he's an uh, IMGmer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a running back. Um. So, I mean, I, th- I think he led Penn State last year in touchdowns. Like, I don't think he's rushed for a lot of yards, but he, he still scored a lot of touchdowns. So, you know, definitely a scoring machine. Uh, big, big for LSU. Big for LSU. Yeah. In the running back room and for uh, Frank Wilson. I, I know Frank Wilson, you know, um, LSU did lose uh, Trevor Etienne. Now, Trevor Etienne never really visited LSU, did anything. He Trevor Etienne out of Jennings committed to Florida, which I, I, I kind of saw. We, we saw that coming. Um, so, you know, tr- you, you, the hope is that Trevante Citizen uh, commits to LSU. And I, right now, Crystal Ball predicts it 100. Hmm. percent But to me, I, you, you never, you never really know until they sign. Yeah, but that's when you can figure it out. Because I, like, I've, I've, there have been guys in the past, LSU or anyone has got their 100. percent But to Crystal on Crystal Ball saying they're going this place and they'll go to like Alabama. Right. So that's something that I'm not really certain about. But um, you know, as long as you get Tremonte Citizen, and you know, you already have Noah Kane. That's a strong running back room. I just don't know who's going to be the guy other than maybe Corey Kiner next year. Yeah. Next guy I moved to is a wide receiver, Kyron Lacey out of ULL. So another UL, you know, another raging Cajun, mm-hmm. not going to Florida, coming to LSU. Kyron Lacey, you know, I watched him play last year. He's a great receiver. Um, but that, that, that wide receiver room right now, you know, you got, you got, you know, Jerry Jenkins coming back. You got Malik Neighbors. You got Jack Besh. You have, um, you know, Brian Thomas Jr. You got uh, Landon Ibietta. You signed him. Um, and, you know, Kyron Lacey has a chance to compete with those guys, maybe, you know, be in maybe second or third rotation. I don't know if he's going to be a starter right away, but uh, definitely he's going to compete. Um, you know, you know, going from Lafayette to LSU. Yeah. No one, lot, no one said lot, that could happen, but yeah, a lot more competition now for sure. Yeah, a lot, lot yeah, and, that, and that's, and that's when you look at this LSU class, there, there are some guys that play in small schools, but you know, 
whether they start or not, it's just it's 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 adding depth, and I think depth is very very important for LSU. And yeah. uh, I think that's something you definitely need. And the last guy they had they got is a uh, Slade Roy, uh, a long snapper from East Carolina. Slade Roy will probably be presumably the starting long snapper uh, going into twenty twenty two. You know, so honestly, if I would play long- two star. That's one position that I actually wish I would have played in high yeah. school because all you do is snap the ball. And, all right. Shout out Mac you know, Thompson. You can, yeah, Mac Thompson. Charlie, Charlie Thompson. Thompson. Charlie, Charlie Thompson's brother. Yeah, Charlie Thompson's brother. So LSU overall has 11 transfers so far, and they have 13 uh, uh, high school guys that sign up, that com- 13 commits. So that's 25 altogether. But LSU still they can still add seven more players, and that could be either commits or people like or transfers. So BK is not done yet. No. BK said in the bowl game that he was going to build this roster. You know, he was going to go through the portal, and so far he has done that, and he's done an incredible job with it, just blowing everyone else out of the water. Um. It does kind of concern me a little bit that you don't want to add too many transfers and not add guys from Louisiana because there are still some guys that are uncommitted. And Jacoby Matthews, he's a safety. You know, he's definitely someone who I think will end up coming to LSU, but, you know, Texas A&M can give him anything he wants. So, yeah, but I, I, think, I don't know. I, I think that that's you got to get those wrapped up. And I think now since LSU has a full coaching staff put together, I think the next two weeks until National Signing Day, they can they can they can make some pretty big moves that um you know can kind of push them back up and get them ready for um you know twenty twenty two because I I mean I think Brian Kelly the staff he's put together and the the team he's building they want to win right away yeah they're not looking to he's not doing this just to you know okay let's just you know just do let's just try to build something and then maybe year two or year three will come in. He wants to win right away. I'm not saying he's gonna win a national championship right away, but he's he has that mentality yeah. to do something you know big. Oh yeah, I'm I'm expecting New Year's Six Bowl with this level of talent and this level of coaching. But to go back to what you were saying, um, definitely for sure, hundred percent that we need to get guys from the transfer portal this year. But I agree that we need to get guys from Louisiana, like you said. Um, And I think a lot of that is going to come from coaches now being in a spot where they can start recruiting sophomores and juniors that are good. And we're going to see a lot more guys come in. Because by the time Brian Kelly got there, a lot of players probably already made their decision on schools. And they didn't want to go, they didn't want to change their decision, decision to a program that, didn't have coaches yet. Didn't really know. Yeah. You know the the program was being overhauled, literally. So no coordinators, um, nothing. Exactly, and so I think stability will. Um, the we're we're planting in fertile ground. You know, we're sowing uh, in fertile soil, and I think a lot of the the new coordinators and coaches will be recruiting for a long time, and that will uh, get a lot more Louisiana talent coming to LSU instead of Alabama, which is so 
freaking annoying that Nick Saban. It's like we get a lot of guys from Louisiana, but Alabama still gets they still a yeah, lot. A and M they 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 come in the state and they get a lot of kids. They yeah. get a lot of kids from Louisiana. They have the advantages to get them. Right. But you know the, the great thing about LSU is you're in a backyard of just like gold. Yeah. In recruiting. Oh, you're, yeah. in a, you're you're in your own backyard. Same thing with Ohio State. Same thing with Georgia. Uh, you know you you have Georgia Florida. Tech, but Georgia Georgia Tech not not Florida because you have Florida State Miami. Oh, Houston. that's true. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I get what you mean now. You know, yeah. The, the state of Texas. You know, you got a lot There's of like athletes in four, Texas, but you yeah, got like four, four different five schools. Big schools. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, like, but like you know, they'll like Ohio LSU, Ohio State LSU and Georgia, they can just recruit their own state. Right. They, everyone there wants to go to those schools because most kids, like when they grow up in Louisiana, they want to go to LSU. Yeah. 100%. But you know, if, if if you if you kind of look like, and I, but I think that um. But if you're you know, good, if you were good in the past two years, then you were going to a different school because LSU sucked. So, <laughs> you know well, what I mean. Well, a good example of this is, um, so like Dylan Moses. Um, you know, Dylan Moses, the guy we played against and stuff, kicked our ass. Um, in high school yeah. football, so uh-huh. was, uh-huh. are you high? He was gonna go to LSU. Yeah, he, there was, but he said that if if Les Miles is not the head coach, I'm going to Alabama. Dang, and he went to Alabama. Yeah, you you look at a you look at Dakota Crawford. You know, the, uh-huh. Dakota Crawford, he was you know committed to LSU in 2019 as a sophomore in high school. And he's a senior this year. And, you know, when Ogeron got fired and, you know, Mickey Joseph went to Nebraska, the minute he goes to Nebraska, he joins him in Nebraska. Yeah. And he's one of Nebraska's top recruits. Yeah. You know, and it, ma- it makes sense. And, and, and that, yeah, and that, that's what – But and so Brian Kelly's job was to keep that class together, keep that recruiting class, just, just convince them to come, keep them in because – they could easily just leave, opt out, go somewhere else, and a couple of guys have done that. But you know, he he kept together as much as he could. He did a good job trying to keep guys together. But you know, you know, going to the transfer portal, you're, you're basically getting insurance. You're, yeah. you're getting insurance because you know you have positions that are in need. If you watch that Texas Bowl, LSU's roster is is a skeleton, and you know that's that's all on Ed Ogeron for poor roster mis for poor roster management. And that's you know that's that's another reason why Ogeron you know did not do correctly, and you know he he did not manage this roster very well. Guys were kind of you know did their own thing and like oh you know I don't have to. And Brian Kelly's not going to bring that attitude. You know he that's not it's not going to work like that under Brian Kelly. Right. It's, it's a whole new system. It's a whole new culture. And he's implementing it right now. He's getting players from the portal just to fill those those spots. You know some guys. May have been a leader at him, like a like you know like I think Greg Brooks Jr. or I think Joe Fushaw was like an All SEC guy last year, or he was like a team captain for Arkansas last year. So he's coming back home playing one more year, you know, for LSU, his state school. It's like these guys, like some of these guys that are from Louisiana, wanted to come to LSU, but they were told you know they're not they're not good enough for LSU. But now they get experience somewhere else. And you know they see what Brian Kelly's doing. They're like, you know, I want to be a part of that. I got a chance to be a part. I got a chance to come back to LSU, and you know, be an LSU Tiger. Yeah. Get to run through the tunnel. You know, get to run through the tunnel. You know, 
Hit that wind bar. Hit that wind bar. Hear that cannon. Hear the right in front of the fireworks. You know, in front of 102,000 fans. They get that opportunity. They may get it for a year, but, you know, they're getting it. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, boy, is it exciting. Um, I can't wait. I mean, it sucks that the season just ended. Like, I'm ready to get the next season started already and getting getting back into winning form. But, you know, that's what the off season is for. Give Kelly and the squad some time to coach up these guys and get them uh implemented into the new system and um yeah, hope for the best. So get them get them ready for uh, Florida State and New Orleans. Yeah. And the yeah. Superdome. What what a place to start. Yeah. What a place to start. All righty. Switching over real quick to college hoops. Um, LSU was doing great, and then they lost to Arkansas. You know, whatever. It was a trap game. We've beaten good SEC teams. We've got Alabama coming up on Wednesday. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Will Wade and the boys. Um, You know, overall, because we haven't talked about it on the podcast, just real quickly, I think that we just need to be shooting better. Our defense is great. We're one of the best defensive teams like in the nation right now. Um, just yeah. the, the strategy that Will Wade is using. People talk about it on Twitter all the time. But we have no shooters at all whatsoever. Offensively, we're terrible. And Will Wade has said it. It's like we're not um, taking advantage of every offensive opportunity that we have, which is going to kill us. So um, I think, you know, there's a long road ahead till March, um, but we've got a championship caliber team, in my opinion. We just got to get, we got to start hitting some shots. Um, yeah. So, but switching it over to the McNeese State Cowboys, since this is a Lake Charles podcast, shout out um, R&G Bets. If you're listening, I don't even know who you are, but this guy keeps commenting on our posts and he DM'd me. Yeah, RNG Bets. You can follow him. Uh, on Twitter at RGBetsLA. Um, I'm assuming he's going to be like really starting to ramp things up once we can all bet and stuff. But um, he's been retweeting our stuff and, and supporting. So, uh, But anyway, um, switching over to McNeese State University, their first basketball game back in um, the home stadium post-Hurricane Laura. Uh, Matt, you were at the game. How was it, man? Well, I mean, the last game I think we went to, I think it was like me and you and like Kelsey that went, that was two years ago. Yeah. That's insane. Was that when we saw Cryer? RIP. I think that is when we saw Cryer. That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's crazy. RIP for sure. Yeah. Should, should have had that. I kind of wish we would have had that beer with him. That would yeah, be nice. man. Yeah. Um, RIP. Get to talk, talk to the old days. But um, it, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a full crowd, but they were, you know, the crowd that was there, shout out to all the people that went. McNeese definitely needs more people to go to their games. Um, you know, they, they kept up with the game. They stayed with the game. Um, Houston Baptist was it? Yeah, Houston playing? Baptist. Um, just, just, just a very, very intense. It was very, very intense. Um, players, you know, there was a little. There was a couple of scuffles in the Uh-oh. game. A couple of fights, almost you know, a couple Ooh. of fights that almost broke out. But a uh, r- really exciting game. Um, 
final score was 78-75. Uh, Zach Scott uh, from Mag- uh, Zach Scott from Ma- uh, Magnese mm-hmm. hit the game winner game winner with a point nine like seconds. Point nine seconds, yeah, yeah, point nine seconds. Um, it was on Barstool Bench Mob. Oh, really? Buzzer beater, yeah, yeah, def- definitely. It, w- it was it was very hype. It was um it was very live. Shout out to the uh, Kappa Sigs. They they uh, shout out to I think I think it was Preston Blanchard making these funny signs. So um yeah they're they're pretty funny. Yeah. He said like it was like the players are shooting their free throws and he's writing the list of like their girlfriends and stuff no like Monica. Way. Holy yeah, holy. yeah, like Monica want like like we love Monica. Uh-huh. It, was, it, it was funny. Yeah. But um you know, great game from Magnese, great showing for Lake Charles, great time it's what a great way to, you know, open the new arena back and it what is now called the Legacy Center. Um, Kellen Taylor, number twelve, the Ford man, dude, that guy. He's he is a he is a leader. He's vocal. He was, you know, just I mean, because our my, our seats were up behind the uh, bench, so I'm just looking at him. He's you know, we got a fucking guard. We got to you know, and he he's a vocal leader. He's probably one of my favorite players to watch. Definitely somebody we got to have on the podcast for sure. Hell yeah. Um, great great win for Magnus and uh, yeah. great showing for a new po- new head coach too. Great showing for a new head yeah. coach. Yeah, John Aiken was um he was actually pretty emotional. Um I think like his family couldn't come to the game because of COVID. Mm. But um, you know, he's intense, you know, he he's intense. He's he's a great coach. Mine, he's right now seven seven and eleven. Uh, their overall record. Dang. Um <laughs> you know. Brutal. Brutal, but you know, we'll support him. We got we got their support. Yeah. Next home game from <laughs> next 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 home game for Magnese will be, um, will be Nichols. It start so I guess it's a. Uh, well, actually, Nichols I think Collins played Quincy. Yeah, I think I think not to Quincy and Tipita. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think. But uh, next home game is uh, January twenty seventh against Nichols at seven thirty on Thursday. So um, cool. Get your tickets now. Pretty exciting basketball. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, Matt. And that is our show, everyone. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Um, I was going to try to do an NFL recap, but uh, we ran out of time because I have a kid now, so father of one. Um, So hop off my back. Hopefully next week we'll have some time to, to dive into the NFL. Um, obviously with the playoffs ramping up, Super Bowl's coming up, so that's the most exciting time of the year. And Joe Burrow has been tearing it up here lately. So, um, yeah, once again, thank you all for listening. We appreciate each and every single one of you, and we will see you next time.